Hey everybody, welcome to the Friends You Can Grow With podcast. I'm your host, Matt Nesbury, and today I get the joy of sitting down with a wonderful couple that I know they are friends. Um, I've been on staff with them for many years, uh, and they lead one of our classes here. Uh, we have Derek and Gia Thompson. So hello, Derek, hello. Gia, welcome. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourselves, what you do here at the church, um, and then why we'll get into what we're talking about here today. You All go right. first. Uh, well, here at the church, you know, I'm one of the staff pastors here at the church. I'm over our art groups, our counseling department, and all of our pastoral care here at the church. And I am his wife, and I am also the administrator of the department that he is pastor over. And I just so want I'm to... your boss, right? Until five oh one. So okay, wow. He actually, he actually run. He's actually managing the department, but I make sure I'm the glue that holds it all together. You know, I do all the administrative yeah. work behind the scenes, and I absolutely love what I do. We've been married for twenty eight. You better get years. that right. Twenty eight years. Twenty eight. Okay. Um, three kids, all uh, all out of high school, um, and doing their thing. And mm-hmm. so the Lord's blessed us over the years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that leads us straight to what we're talking about today, uh, because it's one of the classes you guys teach and have taught for several years here yeah. at the and church. And we love doing it; it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it's yeah. our marriage yes. class, married life, yeah. married Woo-hoo! life. Um, so, as you said, you guys have been married for twenty-eight years. Yeah. Um, And so that's what we're going to be diving into today, which is a great subject. Um, And it's something that I think is so uh, it's so needed. And a lot of people have a lot of marriage relationship questions. Um, And I'm glad that we have two experts on our podcast. Expert. That's a strong word. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're strong people. So So, um, I love the vote of confidence. Yeah. 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 So um, let's dive into it. So you guys teach your marriage class. What is it that you guys have been teaching recently? You know, we've settled a lot on um, the subject of communication. We found Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are struggling um, in their marriages because they don't know how to talk to one another. Um, And I think... It's an area where we had to grow um, Mm -hmm. quite a bit because um, I used to approach her in the way that I wanted to be communicated to, and she used to approach me the way she wanted to be communicated to. So it created a lot of animosity Mm -hmm. early on in our relationship. And and what we're seeing is that's still something that people struggle with today in their marriages. Yeah, I guess Ephesians 4.29 is something that we've we've learned to model our relationship after and that we want to communicate with each other in the way that they need us to to communicate. Hmm. Um, Derek is a strong, he's, I I guess, uh, for want of a better term, he's very bottom line, just the facts, ma'am. He's got a choleric personality. And I'm someone that likes to give all the details. We're going to start from A and we're going to yeah. Z. And we're going to do it mm-hmm. very methodically. And so from we... conception to birth, <laughs> wants to weave all I the believe way in through. context. Yeah. I yes. own it and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But in communicating with him, I've learned to just calm it down to just the facts, let him know what he needs to know. And if he wants more, he'll ask for it. And I've learned that's kept a lot of um, conflict down. A lot of um, lot of the stress out of the communication. And I think for me, as as I've made the adjustment, you know, one of the things that we did was um, we I struggled in this area, and um, I only knew one way, Mm -hmm. and and I felt like she should respect my one way, and 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 it created a lot of issues. 
And so for me, I'm big on when, when I'm struggling in an area, um, then I need to go and talk to someone or read a book or something. And I found out that really uh, this tool where I learned the different communication types and I found out that she's completely different than me. Hmm. And it really helped me. Not just completely different, but exact opposite. Oh, yeah. It's so. funny how that works out. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why don't you give us a breakdown for people listening who are either married, about to be married, want to be married someday. Um, how do you go about finding out your personal communication style? Because I think that's a good starting point. If you Absolutely. don't know how you like to communicate, Absolutely. You know, how do you go about finding that out? Well, for us, there was this great um, curriculum tool that we found. It's called I, I, um, you said this, I heard that. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it breaks down kind of your communication styles individually. And what we found out was, and, and it breaks it down by colors. Mm-hmm. And so we found out that I was what they categorize as a red, which is basically choleric. Okay. And um, she was more blue. of a, a blue. Mm-hmm. Which is which melancholy. Melancholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so with that, it broke down what that meant, how she's wired, you know, what she needs from a communication standpoint. And then it gives you pointers and scriptures and scriptures on yeah. how to approach your, your spouse. And uh, it's funny because, you know, when you when you when you first learn something, it, it's almost robotic in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and when I first started trying to communicate to her in a way that would uh, she'd appreciate, uh, she would just kind of look at me with a smirk on her face. Mm-hmm. saying, What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Bless your heart. You know, yeah. and uh, but she saw I was trying. But it was yeah. so sweet. You and, know? But what I found was, is as I made more and more of an effort to speak to her and communicate with her on in a way that she could receive it, mm-hmm. it brought so much peace into our yeah. relationship, so much peace in our interaction. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stress level just subsided right tremendously. Yeah. yeah. So when you have the other person in mind, when you want, when you want to communicate something, it just brings an entire different, um, I don't know, it just makes the atmosphere different. Um, it, I guess it kind of also helps you to understand that you can't approach your marriage relationship from a selfish standpoint Mm. um, from any aspect. So when you are dealing with your spouse, you're dealing with your spouse in any area of marriage, you're dealing with your spouse by thinking, what do they need? Selflessly, Mm -hmm. not selfishly. You don't come at your spouse thinking, I need to get what I need to get and I need you to give it to me. You're thinking with them in mind first, even in your communication. And um, there's just something about that. It, it models after what Jesus did for us. He gave himself for us. So we as spouses need to have in mind that we are giving ourselves for our spouse. We're modeling Jesus's um, example in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've also found that um, when you can get the communication right, it bleeds over into the other, other areas, areas. Absolutely. of your relationship. And so I think that's an area where if people will really invest in their relationship there, that it will make uh, their marriages and their relationship a lot stronger. Yeah. And you mentioned that tool. You said this, I heard that. Yeah. Right. Um, So for those out there who maybe don't have access to that tool, are there any tips you can give for learning your style, your spouse's style? What should I be looking for? Because I'm married. I should have said that. I'm married as well. I've been married eight years. Hi, Jen. Uh, hi, Jen. Hope you're watching. <laughs> um, but what are some tools and some things spouses should be looking out for to kind of pinpoint their spouse's communication style as well? Well, I would say I was actually on this journey before we, we stumbled on that tool. One of the things that I had to learn or what, what kind of the, the Lord 
prompted me was is to sit and to listen. You know, I've yes. always said that I wanted to become a student of my wife. I wanted to know my wife better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time because I think I always know the answer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in that season of my life, the Lord really prompted me to just shut up and listen. And so I simply asked one day, okay, Gia, what do you need from me? And she laid it out. She was like, I, I need you to stop cutting me off. I need you to let me explain myself clearly. I need you to stop judging me with your eyes as I'm talking. And so she laid those things out. Once she puts that out in front of me, now I have a choice to make. Am I going to really take this to heart and mm-hmm. begin to apply it and, and, and show her that I value what she's told me? Or am I going to just continue to take a hard stance and say, you know what? She just needs to adapt to me and, and, and be willing to do it my way. And so I started making those small adjustments. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it was hard. It was yeah. very hard because it wasn't natural to me. In fact, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought she should just understand that just give me the facts. If I want the details, I'll ask for them. But that's not how a relationship works. Mm-hmm. And so I had to be willing to humble myself and to really listen and then apply the things that I was learning from her. And it was so appreciated. I knew when he was doing, I, I started to realize that he's actually paying attention. Wow. And it's mm-hmm. just, it does something that when you know your spouse is actually listening to you and actually paying attention to what your needs are, then me as the receiving spouse wants to give that back. I want to reciprocate it. And then that's how you start getting um, momentum. One person opens the door by selflessly offering something and then the other spouse receives it and says, okay, well, they did that nice for me. I want to do something nice for them. And then that's how the ball gets rolling. And right. when you can keep that going in your relationship, it pretty soon it's just give, 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 give. And when you get into a, a um, I guess when you get into a cycle of doing that, then you're you are your your aces. You're doing great. Your your relationship is gonna is going to grow, but um, along the 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 lines of what you were just talking about, um, paying attention to your spouse, definitely becoming a student, looking at at the nonverbal communication, looking at the little cues. Um, if I'm talking too long, say for instance, if I start to get into too many details, I can see he gets a little twitch in his eye (laughs) or he'll break eye contact with me or, you know, he'll scratch his neck or whatever. And that is a cue to me to wrap it up. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not going to say to me, Hey, I need you to wrap it up. But out of consideration for him and the fact that he's now in a state of, I can't, I can't process I learned now to cut it off because I've studied him. I've learned him. I, and that's that's a part of selflessness. You study your partner to the point where you know where they are um, not, I guess, not doing well or they get to a point where they're not responding well. Okay, then I need to make an adjustment. And that just kind of shows that you have them at the forefront of your mind when you are talking, when you're communicating that I love you enough to do what you need me to do so that we can get through this conversation. Yeah. And, and Matt, I think one of the things... I hope that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Sense, okay. I <laughs> I, I a lot of words. One of the things that I learned a long time ago or, or have really become a part of my DNA. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who says marriage is 50-50. Mm-hmm. I think marriage is 100%. Yeah. That if both parties are giving 100%, you're both getting what you want. Mm-hmm. And so I don't worry about what I'm not getting. I'm always evalu- evaluating myself saying, am I giving her what she needs? Hmm. And what I found is since I've made that shift in my life... Everything that I've looked, I'm looking for or wanting, I'm receiving because she's reciprocating exactly what I'm giving on my end. And so, mm-hmm. if both of us are willing to be givers, 
you know, we're, we're not missing anything. And let's not forget we that God has to be in the middle of your relationship. This is all God. Mm. When you yield yourself and you say, Lord, please show me what it is about my spouse that I need to know in order to make um, our relationship work. God says, if you ask him for wisdom, he will give it to you li- liberally and he will not, he will not, uh, umbraideth not. Right. So that means he's not going to chastise you. But when you ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to you. So when you ask him to show you who your spouse is or show you what it is about your spouse that you need to know, he will definitely show you. It will right. be blaring. It will be obvious. And then you just ask him for strategies. Lord, how do I do better? How do I, um, you know, cater to that? How do What do I do on my end in order to make him feel more comfortable? And the Lord loves that. So the three-way cord is not easily broken. Right. So when you have the Lord in between you, there's it's a lot harder for anybody or the devil to get in between the three of you because the lord is what the glue that's holding us together and so he's constantly telling me things about him and telling derek things about me and it just makes us stronger so the lord is who you should always go to first about your spouse don't always rely on what you think you see ask the lord and the lord will confirm that to you and then what you see will make sense if that if that okay yeah so as we're talking about you learning communication skills with your spouse, how did you guys, as you're working through this process, show each other that you at least uh, recognize and appreciated that they were taking steps? Um, it makes me think of like my my wife, her whole family speaks Spanish. Uh-huh. And the few times I've tried to speak Spanish, I've, I've <laughs> Sorry, got... Exactly. No, they laugh at me, um, which doesn't encourage me to continue speaking Spanish. <laughs> so you feel right at home. So I do yeah. not speak any Spanish. Yeah. Um, so how do you do the opposite of that? How do you show your spouse that I see you're trying, you're making an effort, and I appreciate that? It's just like the little gifts, you know, like, you know, if he is doing something nice for me, then I want to do something nice for him. And I'll just tell him, I said, hey, I saw that you were trying really hard to communicate with me the other day or, you know, I'll bring up a specific instance or whatever and I'll let him know. I'll just say it. Hey, that was really cool that you did for me the other day. I really appreciated that. And the fact that I acknowledge it is pretty much all he needs. He's a quality time person and he Mm -hmm. is big on words. And so um, when I express with words that, hey, I saw this, uh, some people are um gifts some people react to gifts so mm-hmm. if you know that your husband or your spouse likes gifts give do little things stop at the store and he like we like those little red um hot tamales hot tamales hot yeah tamales. Hot little, tamales. God's almost candy. said red hots but <laughs> they're the, he they're likes about those, the same red hots and hot tamales yeah he likes those tamales so oh wow hot okay tamales are not red hot i'm gonna either. step away and no. let y'all work that no <laughs> that's a whole different episode okay come on well i know that he likes hot tamales so sometimes just when i'm walking through heb or whatever and i just decide to throw a little box of hot tamales in the cart or whatever and give it to him and just say hey this is the other day i noticed that you you know did this for me or whatever right. and, and i'll give him that box it's just little things like that it just mm-hmm. kind of gives you a little spark on the inside like ah yeah. Gold star for me. You then know. On, on the flip side, you know, with her, um, one of the things, it, it's so funny how in relationships, sometimes you come from different backgrounds and you, you, you both uh, need different things. And, mm-hmm. and so I came from a background, I come from a family, we're not touchy-feely at all. Mm. Okay. Gia likes hugs and mm-hmm. caresses and she wants to sit next to you on the football game or whatever. <laughs> and, and so for me... Um, when, when I, I see that she's trying and she's making efforts on my mm-hmm. end, then I'll say during a football game, hey, come sit over here. Let me rub your head. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it's it's I want to show yeah. her that I appreciate so sweet. Uh, yeah. the adjustment she's making now. Depends on the game. 
to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, if it's a tense game, I'm not going to have You're her. You're not going to rub no, her No, no, because then I'll kick her in the, in the head. And but I do know, too, thing. he does not want to do that. So out of honor for him, because I know he's into the game, I won't ask him to do that with me during the game. Yeah. But, you know, maybe yeah. later in the day or whatever. I think another thing that's helped us, Matt, something that I forgot about and, and didn't mention until now is um, – when I see things are tense, and even when we're making these adjustments, it still remains tense, I'll throw some humor in there. You know, mm-hmm. my whole thing is, is I want to break the ice. I want to bring the pace back in. And so I will say something she's not expecting, <laughs> mm-hmm. something outlandish laughter or whatever. Laughter is huge. Because I found our... that laughter, you yeah. know, it really has a way of, you know, kind of just breaking the ice, you know, and, and breaking the tension. And so um, I've done something the last few years, and she gets mad. She punches me in the, in the side. It. And so I'll say, hey, Gia, hey, Gia. And she'll turn around. And I always want to make sure the kids are around or other people are around. <laughs> okay. And I'll say, girl, you are so super sexy fine. Mm. And uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to pay for this afterwards. But just something where she's not expecting it. Yeah. Uh, that Don't worry. No one's going to see this. No, no. <laughs> no one. That, uh, that'll embarrass her. Yeah. And then I'll walk away, you know. And she ends up forgetting what she's mad about or I'll forget what I'm mad about. And then we're able to talk through things. And so yeah. I always tell people, you know, bring some, some, some humor, some playfulness into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that you can break that tension and, and really be able to go to the most important things that you need to talk about. Yeah, man, I that makes me so that's so funny. <laughs> um, and it just it ties back to the statement you made right off the bat, which I love. You said you set out to become a student of your wife. Absolutely. Can you talk about that? Because I feel like it, there's this um, this desire to once you get married, um we're we're married like we'll just figure it out right what does it mean to become a student of your spouse i I think after after your relationship with god she if you're a man should be the most important thing in your life Mm -hmm. above your job above your your hobbies above everything above your children yeah and and so you know my my heart's (laughs) desire is is i want to be there for my wife jesus is her everything but then second to Jesus, I want to be there for her. I, I, I want to provide her with everything that she needs to have a uh, enjoyable life. And so in order to do that, I need to know how she's wired, how, mm-hmm. you know, how, what makes her tick, you know, what, what you know, causes her to, to get excited about life. What, you know, what are her dreams? What are her aspirations? You know, what, what hurts her? What, what you know, um, fills her up? And so I really have have become intentional about being purposeful listening you know as she talks you know watching her interaction with other people um you know and and so I, she'll tell you I, i'll make mental notes and I, I like have made it a challenge to surprise my wife mm-hmm. if she's talking about liking certain things and I'm, that's not an easy feat yeah. it's really not yeah. <laughs> I, I i'll make mental notes okay you know we got we got some days coming up i'm gonna buy that i'm gonna mm-hmm. do that i'm gonna surprise her with this or if she talks about, hey, I want to, you know, I want to grow in this area, or, or this would be nice to be able to, to do this for the kids. I'm always just listening, you know. If I know that, you know, she's had some challenges maybe at work or with, you know, family or some some, some other people, you know, what are some things that I can do to encourage her? How, you know, what helps to kind of lift her spirits? And so I'm always looking for ways to be a blessing to my wife, to pour into her, um, because I believe that's part of our calling as, as a husband is, you know, we're, we're to lay down our lives for our wives just like Christ did for the church. And, and what did he do? He found ways to encourage the church, to bless the church, to protect the church. And mm-hmm. so I've made that my, my mission when it comes to uh, my wife. And so I study her, 
so that I can be a blessing, so that I can be an encouragement, so that I can be someone there for her that is almost like um, kind of a rock for her and, mm-hmm. and a support for her. So. Ditto. Ditto. That doesn't <laughs> work. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Um, I've noticed, I noticed that with him, it's the little things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he named some really, you know, big topics, I guess, um, studying. I think for him, I just, I like to watch the little things that he does. You know, like I said earlier, just little candies that he likes, the different foods he likes. Um, you know, he likes to the at-home store, things along those lines. I, I like to try to bless him on that front. I may mm-hmm. not think as, you know, really high, like, oh, you know, what in the, what causes you know, osmosis or whatever, you know, I don't. Is that I'm her just impression <laughs> of you? What just happened with your voice? <laughs> But I think on just That's the little like things, little things now. that I could bless him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What can I do to bless him? Um, you know, I think about, you know, there's different shoes that he likes. I'll try to pick those up and bring them home. Just, you know, um, the little tiny things that, that people don't always think about are what make big differences in relationships, yeah. I believe. So I think the other thing that really helps me is, is we early on in our relationship, we came together and she asked a question and um, the Lord gave me something and it came down from deep. And um, she said, what do you think God has for our, our relationship in the days ahead? Mm-hmm. And I said, I feel like the Lord wants us to be a shining example of what a marriage could be um, and an encouragement to people in the area of marriage. 22, 23 years old, I had no idea what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But that has been kind of the glue that holds us together. When when life happens, things get tense, things get stressful, I always go back to that. And I I, I ask myself, am I being that example? Mm -hmm. Um, Are we being that example? And that kind of helps to pull us back and and center us. um, And it helps us to know when we need to go to God and say, you know what, God, I missed it. Mm-hmm. And then go back to her, Gia, you know, I miss it. I apologize. And then we ask the Lord, what are we supposed to learn from this? Yeah. Lord, what were we supposed to have learned? I mean, we'll get into, you know, a heated discussion or whatever, but then it's like we always go back. We have a touch point in our past where we say, okay, we said we were going to be a shining lighthouse, what relationships we're supposed to be. So, Lord, what are we missing here? What do we need to see? And that is, to press pause on that, when we are disagreeing, that's another thing that we, I wanted to bring out or we wanted to bring out was that I am a verbal processor. I mm. like to talk about it right then and there. Like, okay, let's talk about this yeah. A to Z where he is a mental processor. He needs to walk away. He needs to, he needs a minute. He needs to go away, be by himself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pull it all back together. And then we're able to come back together and talk. And that's something also that um, husbands and wives need to be aware. How do you process? I mean, when you are, you know, not agreeing with your spouse, um, what is it the other person needs? Do they want to talk it out? Or, you know, is it best that we, you know, go on our separate ways for a little bit, regroup and come back together and talk about it when cooler heads are prevailing? That's something that we need to also, that I would suggest that all husbands and wives understand about each other. Like, (laughs) because it gets really ugly if I'm trying to, um, express my point of view and make him sit there and listen, then it's just only going to escalate and get worse from there. Mm-hmm. But anyway. you, you made a, a big adjustment because early on, um, because no, because how you grew up, 
where you guys settle things immediately, immediately, yeah, in, in explosively the heat of and immediately. Mm. <laughs> So I'm asking you a question. How did you make that switch? Because it wasn't easy. Well, I mean, it was just because I married somebody who doesn't operate that way. And because you know, we swept everything under the rug. We never mm -hmm. dealt with anything. Yeah, well, his family. My family, oh, no. my family. No, we we swept everything under the rug. Yeah. I would follow him all yeah. over the house. You are not walking away from this. We are going to deal with this right now. So he would go in the bedroom. I'd go in the bedroom. We were. Oh, I would man. follow him all over the house, yelling at the back of the his head. You are going to turn around and you are going to notice me I right now. I was more now. saved than she was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad you worked on it. Thank you. Yeah. And it's like, then we realized we had little kids watching us, watching mommy following daddy yelling at the back of his head. That wasn't something that we yeah. wanted our kids to see. So that was the first time I realized that what I was doing was wrong when I actually looked down into the eyes of one of my kids and they were like, yeah. Like, why are, you, why are you yelling at daddy? And I was like, oh, wow, I don't look real. This is not a good look. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So then when we were able to get back together, I think a week later, and we started talking to each other again, I realized I was like, I, we can't continue to do this. We can't do this anyway. So, But it's funny how in that season, I thought your way was wrong. You thought my way yeah. was wrong. And you need and to get God it together. Because I was a stuffer. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and to an yeah. extent, and I'm a I still struggle with that. And so I was stuffing things down mm -hmm. and her stuff was right out in front. Out there. I would <laughs> fill up and then three weeks later, I'd explode. Yeah. yeah. And when I exploded, it touched her. It touched the kids. There was blood it everywhere. It touched the neighbors. Blood I mean, I'm, I'm just not literal. Anger. There was not literal blood everywhere. <laughs> anger. Well, it was just anger. Yeah. And yeah. The, when he was done, the kids and I were like, yeah, what yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> And so we had to we had to make that adjustment, and these things we've been talking about have really helped us. Um, and so I don't stuff and explode anymore. Yeah, mm -hmm. and is that and um, I guess situations like that, those heated conversations, what led to you asking that question of what's in the days ahead for our marriage? What's the goal for us? Actually, that was when that was before we got married. Yeah. I think okay. we were having a conversation um, and he I think we were just we're, sitting on the curb. We were in the driveway of my parents house. Yeah, getting sure. eaten up by mosquitoes sitting yeah. out on the curb. And yeah. I just said so because we had asked me to marry him and I was just curious. I was like, well, what do you think? What where do you think we're going to go with this? We get married. What are we going to do about, you know, what's going to happen? And that's hmm. when he just said, well, I think, and then he came back with this answer and I'm like, wow, that came from your toes. That was pretty impressive. I mean, I'm still mm -hmm. getting to know him. But that made me super sexy. Fine, <laughs> <didn't he? laughs> uh, yeah. I had to say, right there, I was looking was like, at him okay. with a smile yeah. like, hello. <laughs> um, but he answered the question and whatever he said, what he said at that point really resonated inside of me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized um, throughout our relationship that when things were tough, I would always go back to that. So I think right. that God gave us that, that moment in time for us to remember it. It pulled us into a place to where we had a, a point where right. we could go back to and mm -hmm. say, you know what, wait a minute. We said we were going to be a shining lighthouse of what a relationship was going to be. That means we got to get through this. There's mm -hmm. no other option. There's right. no, there's no exit strategy mm. this is it we got to get through if we're going to you know uh, see what god wants us to accomplish come to pass we have to get through this mm -hmm. so it, i think god gave us that moment i believe every relationship every marriage there's a reason why that you're you're married god has a purpose for you you just have to ask and mm. he's going to let you know and so many couples get together for their own reasons or whatever but even if you didn't have god in the center of your relationship when you got married, you can get in a relationship now and then say, Lord, what is the purpose of our relationship? We want to yield our relationship to you. Use yeah. us for your glory. Mm -hmm. 
and watch what God does. Yeah, we, we believe God can help any marriage. Yes. There's nothing there's no, too difficult for there him. There is mm-hmm. hope. Yeah. There's never no hope. I like to tell people, you know, we always, as humans and fleshly bodies, we always see the bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I challenge people because we came from uh, homes where um, they, what we saw in front of us wasn't necessarily the marriages that we wanted. I'm not going to speak for Gia, but one of the things that the Lord really challenged me on was, you know, um, is there anything too difficult for him? And I said, no. And so the challenge was, you know, well, then find a marriage that you can use as a model. And, and we there was a, a couple in our church. And, and so I started kind of just watching them. And I loved how, you know, when they came to church, how he would regard her and how she would look at him and mm-hmm. and how they would talk to one another and smile at each other. And, you know, the he'd have his hand on her back and, you know, and she would reciprocate that. And there was just something that was foreign to me. And, you know, they were laughing a lot and just seemed like they enjoyed each other's presence. And then I was watching their children and how their children were respectful and how they regarded their parents. And I'll never forget it. You know, the church we were going to, um, the pastor got up one day and said, hey, we're going to start home groups. And uh, he talked about the couples that were going to be leading. And this couple signed up to lead a home group. And I told her, hey, we're going. Not because we wanted to learn about Jesus, <laughs> but I wanted to see, are they the real deal even mm-hmm. at home? And we went to their home and and it was kind of creepy because we were just watching them the whole time. <laughs> and I mean, true you know, to what we saw on Sunday mornings, I mean, th- their interaction, their love for one another. And I remember telling Gia, I said, that's our template. Mm-hmm. We can learn from them. If, if, if God can bring peace into that relationship and joy and love and that sparkle in the eye that they have for one another, I said, that's our template. And, mm-hmm. and so we kind of use that um, mm-hmm. as our model to, to really model our family after. And it's really helped us. Um, and just ask the Lord to show us what to do to yeah. get to that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. <clears throat> and I think that's where some couples make the mistake is they, you know, make a change in their relationship. And they think because they made that change, things change, change immediately. Right. And they don't give room for grace for right. the other uh, party, their spouse, to make the change. It's it, it's a it's a slow process. It's not something that's just going to, oh, yeah, we're fixed. We're ready to go now. No, it's like if there's been years of damage, then it takes time to reverse mm-hmm. that. I mean, getting trust back and, right. and, and um, you know, relaying that foundation. And, you know, in a, in a home, when there's a broken foundation, you have to call somebody in to fix that foundation. That has to be fixed. And then everything else will fall into place. But it takes time. And so, it, you know, I would encourage you that if you've gone through something and you you and your spouse have decided to work it out, it's going to take time and you have to allow for that. It's going to take patience. And you're going to have to ask the Lord to come in and help you to have that patience and to see your spouse the way God sees them, right. not the way you, if you're looking at your spouse with your human eyes, you're going to see everything that's wrong. You're going to find every flaw because the devil's going to make sure that's what you see. But that's why you've got to ask the Lord, Lord, help me see my spouse the way you see them. Right. And that's what I had to do with him. I think the first seven, seven years, yeah. eight years of our relationship, we fought, ask our kids. We, it was not pretty. And then finally, I don't remember who I heard say that, but it just went off at me like a shot. Ask the Lord to help you see your spouse the way God sees your spouse. And I did that. And it was funny. I said, Lord, <clears throat> I want to love him the way I need to. I want to love him with your love, not my love, because my love is flawed and I have a way that I think he needs to be and I want to change him to what I need him to be. But I need him to be the way you need him to be and I need you to help me see it that way. And man, when you humble yourself and ask the Lord, 
it took some time. It wasn't immediate, but after uh, I've just realized probably after about six months, I started seeing things and I'm like, wow, I know now that I'm not at the same place I was six months before. I'm not where I want to be, but I feel the Lord moving in my life. Give yourself grace. Give God time. Give him a chance. Don't give up after three months. Well, nothing's changing. I'm out of here. Give God a chance to work mm -hmm. it out. Give God a chance to repair. It takes time. You're dealing with hearts. You're dealing with wills, people's wills. Right. Give them a chance and see what God can do. And it could take a year or two, but hey, you're on the right path. And I promise you, if you give God a chance, you let that time um, uh, get through, you, you get that cycle through, you will thank yourself right. and your kids will thank you. And you'll see what God's purpose is. Other people will see, and they'll um, they'll be able to point that out to you. Like, hey, y'all are different. And that's what you want. That's right. what it's about. It's about ministry. It's about people seeing the difference in you from where you were to where you are now, and you giving God the glory. And that makes them want to ask God about their relationship. That's what it's about. Is it fair to say that in the beginning, we didn't realize we were on the same team? Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Was, uh, it was, I'm going to win. Yeah. This is yeah. about me. In our communication, <laughs> we both uh, firstborn. Yeah, very uh, we're firstborn. And yeah. so it was. It was <coughs> from her standpoint, I'm going to win, and from my standpoint, I'm going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't realize we were actually hurting ourselves. Yeah. Um, and and we, our kids. And our kids. We had yeah. kids very young, so we we've always had. Kids. I think we had Jonathan. Not anymore. We had Jonathan, our firstborn. Yeah. Before They're gone. Our first. Y'all are in your thirties and child free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'll right. take it. Yeah, yeah 30s. That's right. <laughs> no, but we've had to learn a, a lot, you know, because we are on the same team. I think a lot of people struggle in that area. They see themselves still as individuals, mm -hmm. individual personalities. Yeah. And you have to see yourself on the same team. Mm -hmm. You know, God does tell us that the two have become one mm -hmm. in his sight. We have to operate like that and understand if you hurt her, mm -hmm. you're, you're actually hurting, hurting yourself. yourself. Yeah. And if she hurts you, she's hurting herself. Hmm. And so we have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, so as for relationships who are maybe at that point where they feel hopeless, they feel mm -hmm. like they've tried, they feel like maybe they're the one putting effort forward. Right. What advice do you give for a starting point as far as they want to stick it out, or yeah. maybe they don't know if it's worth sticking out where, where do you, um, counsel a couple like that? You want me to go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think everything should start with prayer. Yes. Taking it to the Lord. Um, bring him into it first. You know, always. I, I, I keep bringing that same scripture up. There's nothing too difficult for the Lord. And, and, and so his arm is not too short to save. His arm is That's not too short one. to save. <laughs> I think about when we first came here, you know, we moved to the Houston area, 2003, 2004. And I remember I came here or we came here and both of us had enough common sense to know we should be in church. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'd gone through some things back at home and I came here and I was church hurt. And so my whole thing was, is I'm going to go to work. I'll go Sunday mornings, but I don't want to know anybody. I don't want to get involved. And that's what's going to happen. Go to church late and leave early. And so you're, to talk to him. And I looked at her and I said, and you're going to do the same thing. And she said, okay, but did not listen <laughs> because as soon as we got here, she got involved, wanted to volunteer, wanted to get plugged in, started coming to midweek services. And I was just like, well, that's you. If you want to do it, you go right ahead. And so she went right ahead. But what was happening was she was praying for me. But she wasn't allowing our family to stop. She was still going to church. She was still getting involved in church. And I was over here just wallowing in my pity and wallowing in my, my anger. And what I didn't realize was the Lord began to work on my heart. 
And after a while, I started feeling left out. I'm like, well, maybe I'll go to midweek service. Not because I want to go with her, but maybe I'll just go to see what's going on. I don't know what's going on midweek. I don't know these people. Mm -hmm. And so I snuck in one midweek service and, you know, asked her, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm over here. I'm volunteering. I'm doing this. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And uh, so I... That someone gave me a form or something, and um, I looked down, and there was this deal on a form that said healing class. I can't tell you why I went to healing class. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I slipped in the healing class, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, everybody in the room, um, a lot older than me, they all had, like, white, poofy hair, and here I am <laughs> sitting in the middle of everybody, sticking out, you know, and I used to try to hide and bend over, and I knew Miss Miss Joy and Miss Janet saw me. and uh, So for the next two, three, four weeks, I, I'd slip in there. And I didn't realize God began working on my heart. And I believe it's all because she made a decision that she was going to start praying for me. And in that season, while she's praying, the Lord is healing my heart. The Lord is restoring my my uh, confidence in, in the church, in the people of the church. And, and the Lord really began to repair some things, all because she made a decision to take a stand, to begin praying, and not to give up on church and God and involvement. And, and, and it really helped our family. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as a wife, I mean, I knew that my um, constant badgering him about going to church and you need to get back involved wasn't going to help. In fact, it just caused more conflict. We were just always arguing. And I came across 1 Peter 3, 1, which says, wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by mm. the behavior of their wives. And so I realized that my behavior with the help of Christ was what was going to win him over. So every, it was Thursday night at the time. I think we had midweek service on Thursdays. We were over in the roller rink, I think, Mm -hmm. um, by Conroe Golf Carts, I think. At any rate, so I would get up and he would get home probably about 5.30 or so. And I would have dinner ready and I would leave his dinner on the table. Me and the kids were walking out the door because we lived down in spring at the time. That was a, that was a trip, especially with work traffic. Mm-hmm. And I would kiss him on the cheek. I'd say, hey, your meal's on the, ta- on the table over there on the, on the stove. We're going to take off. And he was like, you're going to church? I said, yep, see you soon. And we just had a great <laughs> attitude. The kids would all kiss him on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, he was just like, wow, they're, they're going to church. And I, I, I choose to believe, or at least I, I feel that what it was is our behavior, our conduct, actually what, was what pulled him. Without arguing, I think our actions showed him that's where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. So it works. Like I said, you just have to give it some time. He didn't go to church immediately. Right. I think it took him almost four or five months to finally jump on yeah. and decide, well, I think I'm going to go now. And it wasn't. We never talked about it. I think we stopped arguing. I just said, okay, well, you're not going to go. I'll continue to honor you. Submit yourself to your husband. I'll continue to honor you. I'm going to leave dinner for you. You know, I'll do everything I need to do so that when I leave, you don't have to worry about anything. And when I get back, I'll even take care of the kids. I got all that. We had a cheery attitude the whole nine. And I think that's what started. He started kind of working on him a little bit. And he wanted to see why we were so happy. So he followed (laughs) us and came to church. And then he ended up um, joining healing class. But that um, experience taught me that throughout the rest of my relationship, whenever there were things that I knew the Lord had impressed upon me to do, and he wasn't necessarily on board, my words, my harping, my arguing with him was not going to make it happen. It was going to be by my conduct and the Lord working on his heart. The Lord, he can run away from me, but he can't run away from what's on the inside. And so Mm. the Holy Spirit, when I prayed, 
actually worked on him. And I let the Lord do that part. I realized there's some, there's only so much I can do. I can't make him do it, but I can pray and watch the Lord work on him. And that's kind of been, you know, the basis of our, of our relationship. I watched that work yeah. and that was a win. That was a solid win right mm-hmm. there. <laughs> well, and I think just in the course of, of conflict, I, mm-hmm. I think if, if things are going on, um, that you don't like things that are, are troubling or challenging. What I found is, is as she just said, we, we, we can't escape the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and so take it to God in prayer. Mm-hmm. Anytime you take it to God in prayer, God hears it and, mm-hmm. and God begins to work on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, um, you know, that's my encouragement is prayer, you know, mm-hmm. prayer and, um, not throwing in the towel. Yeah. Yeah, I find that when I take situations to God in prayer, he rarely tells me to fix the other person. Right. right. Usually he tells me to yeah. fix right. it. Yeah. Right. So I love that that is your starting point for the marriages that feel broken, hopeless mm-hmm. Absolutely. at the end. Um, where do you go from there? Do you have tips for maybe sitting your spouse down and just having a blunt heart-to-heart of taking inventory of our relationship, where it's at, where we see it going and how to get there. Tough conversations. Or... Yeah, yeah. I, I think you have to have those those crucial conversations, mm-hmm. but you have to have them with tact, um, with and love. love. Yeah. Come from a place of love, yeah. not from you need to this and yeah. you need to that. And a critical point, you got to come from a place of love. And right. I think that that starts with, with the Lord. Right. Um, ask him to guide your conversation. Ask him to help you to speak um, the way he would want you to speak and for the op- other person to have an open heart to receive it mm-hmm. and just go from there. And I, you know, I, I believe that the Lord can do some things right. when you allow him to help to guide your words. Mm-hmm. And I I'd also stay away from phrases like you always oh, do yeah, this. No absolute you never do that. You know, I, I think you, you have to be very careful of, of using phrases like that because mm-hmm. that's the honest, in all, in all honesty, it's not true. Mm-hmm. They don't always disregard you. They don't mm-hmm. ever, you know, um, not follow through. And so you have to be very careful of those absolute statements. Say and, it makes and just, me feel this way yeah. mm-hmm. when you do this, or I, I feel this way when this is said, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. come from a standpoint of house or because we, we want to, um, we want to believe that your spouse doesn't want to hurt you. Like right. they don't want to come out of the gate hurting you. Right. So, but if you can make it clear and say, you know what, it makes me feel this way when this happens or mm-hmm. when you say this and once your spouse, maybe when they hear that what they're saying or doing hurts you, we've had those conversations and I was like, I'm so sorry. That wasn't what I meant. That wasn't. And then I realized that's how he has is perceiving what I've said or what I've done. And that's not where I was coming from at all. Mm-hmm. So then it gives me a, um, a, a perspective like, wow, I, I need to change how I'm doing this. And that's why we started thinking, okay, I need to have him in mind before I say something right. mm-hmm. or I need to have him in mind before I step out and say this, because when I have him in mind, I'm a lot less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I will not necessarily do what I was going to do mm-hmm. if I have him in mind first. Mm-hmm. If I would say, okay, it'll make me a lot less, there's a word I'm looking for. Critical? <sighs> no, I won't. It, it'll make me a lot less apt to do something that I know will hurt you. Gotcha. If I know yeah. it hurts you, then I'm not going to say it or I'm going to mm, come at it mm-hmm. from a different angle. A lot angle. more considerate. Yes. Yeah. Little, yeah. I think the other thing is, is you have to be willing. You, you, maybe, maybe people are like I was, 
uh, very prideful. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing. If you can't figure out how to work something out, um, finding an impartial third party to help you navigate those nasty waters, those, those challenging waters. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like I said, we have counseling here at the church. We have some great counselors. And uh, I still remember we had a, a counselor who was here years ago. Her name was Maggie Russell. And mm -hmm. uh, Love you, Maggie. We, we were talking about um, communication. And I remember she was just listening to us communicate at the time. <laughs> and she was like, okay, Derek, can I give you some feedback? And I said, um, yeah, sure. You know, mm -hmm. and she goes, first lesson, curl, curl your toes, not your face. And I'm like, what? She goes, exactly. Curl your toes and not your face. Because every time Gia says something that you don't like, like you scowl and, and, and you're looking like you're angry. And so that was my first lesson. And so to this day, she'll say something. And if, if, if it irritates me or frustrates me, I'm curling my toes and my shoes. And <laughs> So you uh, can't wear sandals. I can't wear sandals, <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's funny. Um, but, but that really helped me because what would happen was is the moment I would show anger or show that I wasn't receptive to what she was saying, it would cause things to escalate. Mm -hmm. and, and so... I learned that by, you know, being willing to go and sit, for, sit in front of someone to, and, and allow them to speak into our relationship. And that, that uh, piece of advice has really helped us. Hmm. Uh, but maybe someone's struggling in a different area. Whatever that is, um, at times that third party, uh, be it a biblical counselor, could really help us yeah. or help you. Yeah. And on that note, um, can you give us a little perspective on what to do and how to respond when your spouse comes to you and you're the one who did something wrong? So Gia's is coming to you and saying, "Hey, when you did this, said this, it made me feel this way." What's your mindset and processing in those moments? Well, well, I've grown in that area. I, I think the first thing is not to be defensive. Mm, yeah, you have to you have to um, approach it from a standpoint of they're sharing with you mm -hmm. their experience, or they're sharing with you how they have been impacted. And, and they're so, opening up to you. Yeah, it's yeah. a privilege yeah. for someone mm. to open up to you. Yeah. So if you need to see that as they are trusting you right. with that and you need to see it that way and don't be, you yeah. know, because then it shuts them down. They may never come to you again. Right. That's huge. And so then you have to be willing to listen, Yep. you know, not processing a response before they're done talking, but listen. Yeah. Then what I do is I'll say, okay, can I, can I, can I chew on this for a minute? Which for me, it's, I want to process what you just said, but I want to look at it from your point of view and then be willing to own it. If there's some truth in it, own it. Mm -hmm. You know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. You know what? I do cut you off all the time. Um, I want you to land the plane, but that's not right. Mm. And so let me, you know, I, it, please, please forgive me. And then I, I, I followed up with a question. How would you have me to deal with this? How, how, how can I make an adjustment to where I'm not hurting you or mm -hmm. I'm showing you that you know, this really means something to me and I'm, I'm willing to listen, you know? And, and so now we're working on this together, uh, where in the past it was just, you know what, that's stupid, get over it, deal with it. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, you're, you're so weak, you know, changing that approach and really mm -hmm. just being more attentive and, and being willing to, to listen and, um, um, make adjustments as needed. Now, in my family, we were always very blunt, like, Hey, it's the truth deal with it, man mm -hmm. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, 
I would always come back with a sharp, well, I'm sorry. That's just who I am and you need to get over it. That's mm. you knew me when I married when you married me. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I don't know what you expect. You know what I mean? That's not the right answer. Wrong answer. The Bible tells us also that a soft answer turns away wrath. Hmm. So when someone comes to you with something that is important to them or it's coming from their heart, keep that in mind. Your response, the words that you say are very, very important. The next the words that come out of your mouth could either make or break your relationship. Yeah. This person's being very vulnerable with you. So you're this person, your spouse yeah. is being very vulnerable with you. So you need to think carefully about how you respond to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I lost my train of thought, but one thing you were just saying was that I've got you keeping the other person in, in the center, mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. the center of your thoughts. When you respond, you're thinking about the other person and what they need. That is, I can't, I can't stress that enough. What do they need to hear from you? What do you need to, to say in order to know that they are first and foremost on mm -hmm. your mind? Yeah. So, and was part of that, does that go back to what you were saying where changing your mindset to thinking that the relationship is the goal not you winning or her winning or losing mm. but the relationship winning mm -hmm. and how do you go about just making that mental shift for me and this is going to sound real churchy but our relationship is a small example of christ in the church mm -hmm. and the motiva motivating factor for me is, is I want our relationship to be a light because I know our, we're stronger together, together yeah, and we win together. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to have the impact that we're going to have, we've got to be willing to deal with this junk so that we can be that example. Mm -hmm. And so I, I keep that in mind that am I willing to sacrifice this you know, our, our ability to be an example, our ability to pour into people, the influence that we may have for this. Hmm. And that always keeps me grounded or keeps or, or allows me to refocus. And I'm thinking, ah, me wanting to watch the football game right now is not that big, big mm -hmm. of a deal. Or me being mad because family members want us to, you know, come and visit them during this season. And, and, and I want to stay home. Not that big of a deal. You know, and, and so I have to be willing to keep the big picture in mind. Mm -hmm. And what I found is, is I don't, if I'm honest, I'm not missing out. I'm not losing, you know? And, and so I, I found that I have, once I've gotten over myself and, and I've kept my, my eyes on the big picture, that's really helped me. I mean, you are mm -hmm. constantly laying yourself down, yeah. laying your own will down. You're constantly making decisions, um, about putting the other person first mm -hmm. and, I think the other thing, I think what keeps me going also is that I know that the Lord expects more of me. Um, like we've gotten to 28 years of marriage now, and I know the lessons that he's taught me all the way to this point, mm -hmm. and I'm responsible for what he's taught me. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like your children, they get to a certain age, you expect them to know, you expect them to put into practice the things that they've learned. Yeah. And I know that when I'm not right, I can sense the Lord saying, Gia, you know, it's right. Mm -hmm. And then there's a higher responsibility. You know, we work here, we have our married, married life class. And 
I feel that if we're going to stand in front of a class and talk about marriage, then we should at least be yeah. um, walking in yeah. what we discuss. And so, so <laughs> yes. when we have, we're having a you know disagreement or whatever, and I want to feel myself revert to my five-year-old self, yeah. I remember that class full of people that was looking at me just, just last Sunday, hmm. and I'm like, okay, I can't be a hypocrite. Yeah. And so it causes me to... Um, you know, it causes me to have a mind shift and say, okay, let's get this right. Then the second thing I'll think about is our conversation way back before we got married, that touchstone, that yeah. point, you have to have a touchstone in your relationship that keeps you grounded when all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not always going to be perfect. You're going to have things that break out in your relationship, but to have a touchstone that you can go back to and say, okay, we said our relationship was going to be a shining lighthouse. It keeps you grounded. You go inward and you're like, okay. <sighs> okay, Lord, you know what I mean? Because yeah. your inclination is to just uh, freak out and, you know, start looking outward for your, your answers. Yeah. But yes, the relationship is the importance of our relationship. And the fact that we've, the Lord has put us where we are today because we worked on a relationship, there's a responsibility there. And we, it's not just about us anymore. It's about the people that are with us and mm -hmm. that, you know, we get to minister to every week. So yeah, there's a, there's, there's a, we, I feel the weight, yeah. I feel the weight of that. And yeah. I, I really want to see the Lord work, um, in the relationships with the people that are around us. And yeah. I know that our relationship, the Lord has put us together for that. And so his calling on us is what keeps me, keeps my feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have just kind of one final question as we're talking about couples, maybe working through what seems like a, a broken, hopeless marriage. Do you have any tips for kind of inserting that spark back into it? You talked earlier about you always look for ways to insert humor back into your marriage. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that as we're doing the hard work of making this relationship get back on track that we can remind ourselves of the joy that once existed in this relationship? Yeah, two things. First of all, you only get one. You see, I want to can you please can say two. two. Okay. Um, the first thing, like you said, is remember, like, why did you get together? I mean, hmm. there had to be something about him or her that attracted you in the first place. Mm -hmm. So number one, go back and remember, ask the Lord to bring it back to your remembrance. Cause mm -hmm. sometimes life happens and we forget, Hey, yeah. you know, go back and remember the secondly, second thing is if maybe the reasons why you got together weren't exactly awesome, the Lord can do a new thing. Huh. So you can say, Lord, okay, we may not have gotten together for the best of reasons, but we're together now and I want to honor you. So I ask you to show me what is it now? You can create something new in us. You can bring that spark. You can put a spark where there wasn't. He can make dry bones live. Mm. So, hey, you can make our relationship I live. I, Lord, I invite, I invite you to, to, to come in. Give us a spark. Give us something and the Lord will. He'll do it. You're adding him in there. He's not, he's, he's not. Uh, he's not going to forget you. Mm -hmm. he, he hears you when you ask. Yeah. So what I just heard you say, you said, remember. Remember. Does that mean I can bring my Miami Vice clothes back? You know what? I would not do that. Miami <laughs> I would Vice. not advise that. that. What, is that what got y'all together? <laughs> Derek I went, I went through like a Miami, Miami Vice, Vice phase. Yeah, that was actually that. a turn off those, for me. I was pictures. like, dude, you got to handle that. So I don't that's know something what's she wants to forget. <laughs> I, I still got the girl, so we won't talk about that. That's all that matters. You know, It um, was all that, all that white. I was just like, Sorry. Um, in the open shirt no, hey, we'll hey, find hey, pictures hey, we'll hey, find pictures hey. <laughs> I, I think the the thing I would say is is you got to be intentional so yeah. we became intentional about you know I challenged guys I said do, 
do you still date your wife? Huh. Like, and I'm not talking about go to a restaurant, talk about the kids, talk about the problems, talk mm-hmm. about your job. I'm talking about date your wife. Uh-huh. Are, are, you know, are you still looking for ways to surprise her, to, to make her laugh? To, are you willing to, to walk down uh, the path and hold her hand? I mean, go back to that. She's talking about remembering. I, I, date your wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and make it about the two of you. Be engaged. You know, look her in the eyes. You know, and, and really, you'll be amazed at how that can reignite a spark and, and um, make things just like they were when you first met. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, I have loved this conversation. Um, if for no other reason, then it just, it communicates that no matter where your marriage is at, there's hope. Yes, oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And there's tangible things that you can do right now right. that can get it back on track and nothing is too hard for God. I love that you said that. Yep. So Derek, Gia, thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast. Uh, it has been an absolute joy. And we'll just end by knowing uh, your worst fight. Our worst fight? Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Oh We're not going to do that. Yes. yes I watched both you. your hearts stop yes. right there. I was like, oh my God. Dirty. That's dirty. No, thank you guys so much for being a part of Friends You Can Grow With, and we hope you guys come back soon. Thank, thank you. Thank you.